Welcome to Your Move Creep, the podcast celebrating action cinema from 1980 to the year 2000, from the east to the west, from the worst to the best. My name is Larry Reed, and thank you much for joining me for episode 11. It's a really good one, a really fun one. My guest this week is the streamer and wrestling aficionado, Manlin, and we sat down to chat about the Street Fighter movie adaption starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. We talked about our memories of Street Fighter, the video game. The John Wayne Gacy to M. Bison Pipeline. And we're checking on the Big Five and take a wander into the trivia zone. So without further ado, let's get into creeps. Hi Mikey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Alright, I'm doing not bad yourself. I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, I say welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. We've been talking about doing this podcast for quite a while. Uh, I think since I had sort of the, the idea of doing this podcast, so it's awesome I finally get you on. Um, so we're going to start a little bit as we normally do, talking about your sort of history and sort of experiences of action movies. So can you tell me a little bit about your experiences of action movies growing up when I was a kid? You know, was there a special from films you get to, got to watch when you're younger that go to like action movies, or just tell me a little bit about that? Well, uh, I think like most people over my age, uh, a lot of my weekends also usually started with trip to like global video or blockbuster mm. you know yeah global. Uh, <laughs> and that was usually a big thing because that was my weekend's entertainment at the stake there yeah. obviously it was kids movies at start and then when i uh, i was always drawn to uh like stuff like horror and the more like you know you walk in and like i don't want to say my movie posters aren't what they used to be you know mm, yeah 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 but i'd always get drawn to these posters that looked either violent or you know like stuff <laughs> like that would Grab my attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. was one of them. Uh, and being one, I remember I kept pestering my dad, kept pestering, and it was to get Terminator 2, you know, the poster behind you. Yeah, I've said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Terminator, Terminator <laughs> 2 is, uh, that was, that was the first one I think I really saw, uh, quite like, uh, for some reason in my mind, uh, two movies stick in my mind from that, and it was Terminator 2 and the Toxic Avenger. Never seen yes. it, but yeah, I just yeah. remember seeing the Amazing. poster all the time as a kid, you know? Yeah, it's very iconic. Very, it's a both both very iconic posters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never <laughs> seen them, and I remember I got when I was maybe like eight or something. Like that mm-hmm. seen Terminator Two, and then uh, since then, I think my mum and dad sort of clicked that I liked action movies. And then whenever there was one on, uh, you know, TV, they'd tape it for me. Mm-hmm. But my mum would make edits to them. Oh, really? So <laughs> I I used to have a tape. So the thing is, violence absolutely fine. Any yes. sexual content, none of that. Yeah. Of so course. I've actually got an edit of Terminator Two. It's a VHS <laughs> where. It cuts off, you know. You know when that guy, uh, that scene where he licks Sarah Connor's face, and then she gets the key. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is not in my. That was not. I, I watched that in DVD <laughs> much later, and I was like, "What the fuck? Where'd this I come like from?" Scenes. I like that. It's very good. So my mum would literally cut by. That's kind of where it started. It was just like Terminator Two is the big one that starts in my head. But I can sort of imagine your mum sent me like two sort of like video cassette players and just like sort of editing, like sort of like a. Sort of like a like an advisor in a dark room, sort of going cutting the movie up as bits by bits <laughs> in the VHS tape. That's amazing, yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty much like that. Like again, we were, uh, we I spoke about before. My mum and dad were quite lax in terms of letting me watch these movies, but yeah, sex scenes were kind of out of the, the realm of possibility. It was like just mm-hmm. you know a body or hands over the TV screen or turn away or look close your eyes when you got these but <laughs> graphic graphic violence and to- and gore was fine, absolutely fine. Fine for your five five year old eyes, but not not babies, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. So was that kind of the first kind of experience you had with, with Terminator Two? Is that sort of the first film you can kind of remember watching as a younger kid? So there was, there was probably others like uh, I've got like like I remember seeing Lethal Weapon when I was very young mm-hmm. at my granddad's house. I remember seeing things at Rush Hour. I seen a lot of. Oh, yeah. uh, like I, for some reason, I seen a lot. Of, I think my dad was a big fan of like Jackie Chan movies. You know oh, that yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah. 
like because my dad used to go down to the bars and get the imported ones. Oh wow, cool! So he'd be wa- <laughs> he'd be watching things like uh, Police Story and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Armor God stuff like that, you know. So I think he, uh, I think I seen them in the background like this. And obviously, when you're a kid, you don't pick up on the story. But of course, I've, of course. I've got like things like uh, the Jackie Chan scene where he's on the. Oh, he's on the bus and he's got the umbrella hooked up. Oh, yeah, from police, that's police story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, I've got, like, they're bundled into my, mm-hmm. my mind, but it's, uh, but I think Terminator 2 was the first one I remember this, like, that, like, seeing Terminator 2 and how does it, like, just thinking, I want to see this movie, if that makes yeah. sense, as opposed to just being something that's on TV or something that's been put on, you know? Mm-hmm. I think but, it's sort of, it's a perfect sort of film when you're younger because it isn't as maybe gritty or kind of, uh, a bit dark, not as less dark and a bit more bombastic of a film when it's a bit more pleasy. That sort of when I kind of seen it when I was going to maybe about eight when it first came out, maybe eight, eight or nine, I think. Um, you kind of I think you appreciate it more because it's a bit more flashy, it appeals to younger mm-hmm. children more than I think maybe the, the Terminator does. Um, but yeah, yeah, I kind of definitely appeals, appeals to like the younger demographic to watch those movies and it's sort of certainly in the 90s, actually, 90s Arnie movies, you should say. A mm-hmm. bit more um, palatable to younger people than the the ease maybe sleazier films are. Oh yeah, definitely. Because again, like I remember, because that was kind of like Terminator Two was kind of the start of it, but mm. uh, like art, like Arnie movies was what I first got really into as a kid. You know, it was yeah. uh, so it became like a I think I'd go get things like Eraser or uh, you know, um, oh, ones are the ones like I'm trying to think. Last Action Hero, you know, mm, uh, ones mm, that, yes. like when well, I like it, Last Action Hero, things like Eraser aren't particularly good, but when you're a kid, you know, yeah, yeah, you don't really, <laughs> your quality meter's not quite there yet. They're, you not know? As, they're not as good, but they're still, you know, they're still entertaining. They're oh, still like Arnie with a gun, that's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Arnie being Arnie, so it's, it's quite mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so that's something that's a neat thing to touch, touch on. So when you think about action movies as a sort of concept, if you were to give me sort of like the, the old kind of old chestnut of like, if you think of a, if you looked at a dictionary and seen action movies, what would be the, the picture you would see? Who would Mikey see in terms of an action star? Now it could be a character, it could be an actor. You, you think that it kind of encompasses action movies? So it depends on what. Uh, okay, this is going to be it's like what era of Mikey you're talking. Like uh, mm. if you're talking like as a child, Schwarzenegger, because yeah, you know when you're a kid, that's when. Uh, you know, you're watching. Well, you know, you're watching wrestling, and everyone's these big hulked up monsters. Mm, you're watching, yes, yeah. uh, you know, super like things like Batman, so all you know all that, mm-hmm, and then you're seeing people like Arnie and Stallone. Yes, who, you know these big, massive, uh, hulked up monsters, and then but yeah. then nowadays, uh, if I think if you think action movies, the main two main ones that come to me are Keanu Reeves because John Wick is the best modern action movie in my opinion. Specifically, John Wick Chapter Four is Absolutely. a fucking masterpiece of. Like, because if you watch an old Arnie movie, and I don't mean to, don't mean to slag him, <laughs> but his fights aren't on the same level as, no, like, no. The Raid or anything that, you know? No, certainly not, certainly not. No, no. There's... They're just two big guys punching each other. Yeah, yeah, two but, big guys just sort of, like, going at each other, basically, yeah. yeah. But now, if I think action movies, I think mainly, like, The Raid is a good example, mm, or, yeah, course, John, yeah, or yeah. John Wick, who, that are able to tell stories with, like, how people fight, like, mm. uh, you know, how people, like, how people fight, how they move, and meaning behind behind the fight scenes and stuff like that. That's you know, obviously comes you know obviously being a wrestling fan as well. It kind of helps as well, you yes, know, of knowing course, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that whole thing where how it's like it's almost like in, like John Wick's a good example. Is everyone fights differently, everyone moves differently, everyone. Mm. It's like, kind of like watching a, a Tekken thing, if you know. Or, oh yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Street Fighter, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, wink. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. As we're both wrestling fans here right, right, right now, Mikey, I'm off. I'm a massive wrestling fan. I've talked about it before. Um, I think we we do have a sort of like a, a kind of a, an, an, I certainly have a kind of kinship with the sort of the big muscle bound guys, you know, from watching your wrestling when I was younger. But I think now, much like wrestling sort of evolved into being the sort of younger and maybe more. Athletic guys, maybe I would say, not to say that the you know your, your Hulkstar and your your Goldberg weren't athletic or your Britain Hitman Hart weren't athletic, they certainly were. But you know we're, we're in a era of Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Bryan, excuse me, Bryan Danielson. <laughs> uh, you know, you know your Roderick Strong's, your your Kyle Riley's. Um, you're sort of more more live, maybe be a little bit more like fast and furious. And fast mm-hmm. and furious. <laughs> not Vin Diesel. Um, a, bit, a bit more, you know, less, you know, power slams. A bit more joint manipulation. 
yeah, the yeah. McGuinness would say. Um, so I think I think that's an interesting sort of thing you you kind of spoke kind of touched on. You know that it's more about technique than it is about kind of physique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use that one. Keep that one for earlier. <laughs> Technical physique. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting one. And I think like I I can echo your sentiment about John Wick. They are sort of the the army movies of now, basically. They are. Yeah, the, they're the, the like big of, popular action movies, you know. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 obviously we we can. He sort of straddled that line between you know the the nineties and then TP in like sort of two thousand and two thousand tens and twenties of being sort of the kind of constant action star. I think so. Mm-hmm, yeah. We spoke about just in the last episode about and we talked about speed with Russell Bailey that um he still has sort of been had such a a good sort of um grace of on rise of a, an action star and he's turned out to, to now being like sort of the focal point of action now. So I think it's really interesting. Um so we're gonna go on to your pick of the week Mikey. Um as I see to everybody that comes on the podcast, they get the list of all the movies I want to talk about, um, from you know, all the greats to all, absolute cheddar. Uh, I asked you, I sent you the list, and I asked you to pick one, and you picked Street Fighter. So can you tell me a little bit why you picked Street Fighter? Well, um, so when I was in high school, like I absolutely hated high school. But every Friday, <laughs> my mum would take me for, you know, I, I think quite a lot of people get echo sentiments of the hated high school. Mm. But I remember every Friday, my mum would pick me up and we'd go shopping before, you know, Mm. Do the big shop. Yes. And as video stores sort of died out, eventually it became she'd buy me a DVD, mm-hmm. from, usually from like the value section or the, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, so I've got a lot of love for movies around that time, like uh, even movies that aren't particularly great. Things like uh, The Covenant or like, uh, I'm trying to think what other ones I picked up, you know, like sort of, you know, discount st- stuff that isn't in the charts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And one of those movies that I picked up when I was about May 12 was Street Fighter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the main things you can say for this movie. And it's not boring. No, it's not boring. No, it's definitely not that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never something. It, and this is when, like, <laughs> before, like I said, you know, that sort of quality thing really comes in when you get yes. older. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't quite there, but this was just a movie that I really enjoy having and I still I like still watching it I've still got this wee sort of fuzzy warm feeling you know going like mm. oh mm. like whenever I got sad this was one of the movies I'd chuck on because yeah big dumb action movie I like Street like, I, I'm also a massive fan of Street Fighter as mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. probably well I know you can't really see I've got a big chum knee oh can see yeah yeah I can see that right now yes I've got here's like a, a, here's the podcast we'll see he's got a nice kind of plushy of Chun Li's background yeah I've actually yeah. literally not put this up yet I've got a big Chun Li Big Chun Li, fucking, you know. That's a nice print. That's a really cool print. Yeah, yeah there we go. You're on, very on like, brand today. But I've got quite a lot of like, Street Fighter match. Um, Street Fighter was one of my favorite fighting games growing up, specifically mm. Alpha Three. And yeah. then I've got, I, you know, fucking love Third Strike. And then Street Fighter Four came out. You know, it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like a thing that like, I bought. Like I got, like my mum bought me that because she knows I like Street Fighter, and it's colorful, it's bombastic. It was mm. exactly what I needed at the time because I was going through quite a bad. Well, what I eventually found out later was depression yeah mm-hmm. and it's a movie i've always had a bit of defensiveness about like i don't like to ever mm, say a movie's yeah, yeah, good yeah. or bad well in my opinion i always say a movie is subjectively good or bad yes Un- unless something is like offensive and badly made that's when i'll say something's objectively bad you know like, mm-hmm. uh, like a things like inappropriate comedy like a move that's a movie that's objectively offensive terrible and the worst yeah, movie yeah. i've ever seen yeah but every movie every movie is someone's favorite Course, so I don't, course, yeah. I don't want to come out and say, "Oh, that's a shame movie," because it means something to someone. Street Fighter is that one to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's seen as, as sort of a maligned movie. It's not really seen as, um, a classic. Certainly not in the pantheon of like, when you think of you know Jean Claude Van Damme, you think of Bloodsport, you think of Kickboxer, you think maybe a sudden death, maybe you think of you know Cyborg. You don't really street street work street head go to Street Fighter, but yeah, I'm like yourself. I, I find myself defending it, and I was I watched it recently again, the last few days, reading a little bit about it, doing a bit of my research. It's an interesting movie, and, it's, and we'll talk mm-hmm. talk about a little bits that you know that sort of sort of I didn't notice as a kid, but I definitely picked up from knowing a little bit more about certain things, which we'll, we'll talk about later in the podcast. So what we're going to do then goes a little bit about the 
Fighter as a whole. Just now, we're going to talk a little bit about obviously the kind of background here. So, Street Fighter is from 1994, written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, he's quite a legendary and kind of perfect screen screenwriter, um, especially for action movies. So, he wrote screenplays for Commando, I Had One and Two, Boy Hours, which is an amazing Nick Nolte Eddie Murphy movie. And after this, he would go on to write Judge Dredd, again, another film yeah. that I'll stand up. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of like port. it. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's not one I'm. It, my mum got me that as well, and it's yeah, it's one I like. I'm again. I'll put my hands up. I'm not a big 2000 AD guy. I've not really read much of it. Yeah, yeah. So that I'm was that gonna... was a, that. I'm sure we'll. I'll get to that in a podcast in in future. But as a big 2000 AD fan, it's uh, it's an interesting yeah. one. But we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 talk about that in a, in a a future podcast. And he also wrote Knockoff, which is an amazing. Uh, just uh, there we go. Just touched on it just a second ago. He's obviously got a big thing for Rob Schneider because Rob Schneider's in Talk Off as well. As well as Judge Dredd. This is his only real feature, seemed to Souza. He directed some TV stuff, but this is his kind of his magnum opus when it comes to um being on the the, the celluloid screen, I suppose, getting these like sort of um directorial debut, I suppose, in a sense. What a debut uh, it is. What a debut is. He's also he also wrote the um, I don't know if you're a, a big fan of 80s cartoons. I'm, I'm sure you are. Uh, he wrote, also wrote the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs um, oh, cartoon, yes, um, which is which is amazing. Um, and I've he also wrote. Seen, I've never seen the cartoon, but I'm a big fan of the arcade machine. Yeah, so it's it's quite, quite interesting. I found that doing my research that he did this. He also did so he did Street Fighter, he did Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, a whole, whole series. He wrote the whole series of the cartoon in, in the sort of nineties. Uh, he also wrote uh, Lara Croft: Cradle of Life, which is um, again another another. Um, adaption of a video game, obviously just Tomb Raider of, of the whole, but um, less said about that film, the better. I suppose it's not really great, but um, he's definitely a he's definitely a man who's not, no stranger to kind of video game adaptions. And I think seeing all those ones, I think this is probably my favorite of his, of course. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the movie and the kind of plot. So a civil war breaks out in Shadowloo between the Allied Nation forces and a maniacal M. Bison, played by Raul Julio, Colonel Gale. Van Damme. Teams up with Ryu and Ken, Chun Li, E Honda, and Balrog to save the Allied Nation relief workers and the world from the, the clutches of the evil M. Bison. So, Mikey, what did you make of Street Fighter on upon rewatch? Well, uh, one thing I noticed, I I'm not gonna right, so I'm not gonna. I, originally, I was gonna complain. Can I say complain? I was gonna say like <laughs> it's not overall. It's not accurate to the game at all. But again, yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> Street Fighter doesn't have a great plot. You know, I'm not going to. Mm. It's literally, but uh, yeah, I was actually really surprised with the movie. Some, like, so it's a weird tonal mishmash. I don't know if you picked up on this. Real, really weird tonal mishmash of being something that's very GI Joe, right? Mm. Very cartoony. Yes. And then it hits you with something like that you quite wouldn't pick up. That is insanely dark and insanely messed up. Yes, yes, yes. I think we're gonna. I think we're thinking that is the same thing. So it's it's very much a a cartoon movie, and and, and we'll obviously take when we talk a little bit about the trivia. But you know, there was an actual Street Fighter cartoon that came out in the nineties, which was very like again, super, obviously super cartoon because it's a cartoon, of course, Larry. Um, but this is very, it's very kind of campy, very light-hearted, very you, you used a good word, colourful. It's you know it's, they're painting with a lot of crayons in this in this movie, um maybe, maybe a lot of the script was written with crayons as well perhaps but also that uh the cartoon was also produ um, produced a series of toys by Hasbro who went on to make no it was like GI Joe toys they'd make yeah but they were just recast as like Street Fighter toys oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah I remember them so yeah yeah that, I remember there's them. that sort of crossover there but uh yeah like I've seen a wee bit of the cartoon mm -hmm. fun enough. Funny enough, I've got my notes here. It came out the same year as another Street Fighter uh, cartoon. Yes. The Street Fighter animated movie, which is... Yeah, we'll that's, talk about that later on. That's decis decisively more adults, and I would yes, say decisively more um, accurate, I would say. It's, yeah, let's just say... Definitely uh, a bit more like... I definitely, that, is one for your, that would be one for your mum to like edit a lot of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that's a lot of, that, lot of bums in that one. That's one of the things Mikey really liked. <laughs> of course, of course. Now... So, what you popped up yourself obviously to ask this question? So, you you were obviously a big fan of the games, mm -hmm. kind of before before you seen this film, I would say, or would you say yeah. you see this One film after you started playing the games or before? 
Well, so one of my first uh, memories playing games was Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Because my, uh, I can't remember who it was, one of my members of my family had that, was getting a PS1. So that we got, my dad got Super Nintendo, I got given mm-hmm. it to him. And my dad's not a big gamer, but he plays, mm-hmm. like, he plays a little bit. And Street Fighter 2 is one of the games he liked. So I, in turn, did that and I started playing it as well. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, you know, it's it's not like I was really invested in the story. I just had like this because I played it as a kid. I've had basically remembered it, and then I remember mm. when I when I got my PS One and I was actually choosing to buy games. I walked into G Force, rest in peace. R.I.P. Miss up, miss up the G Force in Glasgow. I went in there <laughs> and uh, I got Street Fighter Alpha Three for the PS One, which is still one of my favorite games, like mm. favorite things to look back on, favorite memories, and it's really what got me into fighting games. Like I'm, um, you know, casually. I could play them like competitively casually, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Meaning I'm, I don't want to brag. I'm too good to play my pals. I'm too shite to play competitively. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, in that yeah. awkward stage. But uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3 was, <laughs> my, was my game for years, you know. So I did have that sort of relationship with Street Fighter before. But being... I didn't really look into... Like, how to say it? I didn't really get into the lore and the background of it and story and all that until maybe I seen the Street Fighter animated movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, but I'd already, but I'd already, so I was familiar with Street Fighter, but I wasn't like overly with it when I mm. seen this movie. So I went in probably what they want you to be, you know. Yeah, so it's sort of a, a, a passing notion of what that what it was about mm-hmm. and the characters, but maybe not the lore of it. Maybe you haven't really read the backstories, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And you so you're gonna maybe not gonna be as disappointed when you learn that uh, Gail is not American; he's actually a Belgian with ginger hair, not blonde hair. Uh, we're gonna go into that in a second. Um, so as a Street Fighter fan and watching it now, um, you know, you know, many years now of you kind of grown up and recently for obviously for the podcast, does it sort of exceed your expectations as a Street Fighter fan? Does it disappoint them a little bit? Well, so, so I don't really, I'm not big on the, I, I, I don't really mind about the Jean Claude Van Damme thing because Jean, he was a big star and honestly, the movie mm. probably wouldn't have been made without his name on the poster. Yeah, and it does fine. I don't really, you know, it, it is. Uh, but the thing that really confused me was some of the characters are completely, like, for example, in the, the Street Fighter 2, a very basic story. Basically, you're on this tournament, mm. and the bad guys are these characters called the Four Kings. Yes. And it's uh, Bison, Vega, uh, what you call it? Oh, Balrog, and Balrog. Sagat. Yes. I was, that's like a very basic story that you can tell mm. easily. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, yeah, yeah. it was really strange seeing things like character, like like uh, Balrog as suddenly Chun-Li's cameraman. Yeah, Honda. Yeah, Honda. Yeah. It felt like it, it felt like watching. Have you seen the Mila Jovovich Resident Evil movies? Yes, I have. Yes, so, yes. They feel like I have shown like my mother-in-law who has never played a video game. <laughs> I've got like a Google Doc full of like, Im- like images of these characters, and like that's their name. We'll make a movie, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of a film with it, the essence of Street Fighters here, but they haven't really like, say for instance, if you compare to most of Mortal Kombat, where but that is the you know the, the conceit of the game, as the conceit of the movie, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. There's maybe a lot of sort of offshoot kind of side quest thing to it, but the sort of the prime thing is there's a tournament, these people fight, there's kind of magical characters, there's people. They're just normal characters, you know, they're just normal kind of kung fu people, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, there's, and there's army people there, but it's, they can see it's a the tournament, but this is sort of like, try to make something like a 90s oh, action movie, but with Street Fighter people in it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like, make, yeah, it's almost making a, G, a Jean-Claude Van Damme film, sorry. Make a Jean-Claude Van Damme film, but just putting Street Fighter on it. I think yeah, it's, it's maybe just been that sort of an offshoot. It's absolutely insane. Something. It's like, so like you said, Mortal Kombat, basic story, it's tournament, that's an easy story to tell. Street Fighter, yes. it's suddenly going, oh, there's a civil war going on. <laughs> and it, it, it's like, it's trying so much and throwing so much at the wall. And I'll tell you, like, a, lot of st- a lot of things stick on it. Like, I was, there's yes. a lot of stuff I was very, like, I know this is a point everyone makes, but every time Rose Wheeler was on screen, I had the biggest smile on my face. He mm. was playing it. Uh, and I know, uh, Ming Na Wen as well, doing a great job. Oh, absolutely, I, like, I love to see her every time she turns up and stuff, I think. She does an amazing job. She's amazing in The Mandalorian. Um, oh, I yeah. think she's a, a really great Chun-Li in this. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. she's an amazing, amazing 
Um, the only note I've got on like casting is, dear God, JCVD is extremely unlikable as Gail. Yeah, yeah, it's not the greatest. So, we'll kind of catch you a little bit just now about what. So we've got sort of we've Street Fighter has sort of a kind of a mishmash of like of of actors, and it's an it's an amazing cast of cast of actors we've got in this movie. Where Studio obviously was an amazing Vasmo Hikins. We've got Ming Na Wen, we've got obviously John Claude Van Damme, we've got Raul Julia. Um but they're kind of slotted in sort of strange ways. So so to kinda of go through sort of the rundown, we've got a Belgian playing a USA colonel. We've got an Aussie playing someone who's British. Uh, so I arguably, arguably think that maybe you people in the United States probably think that we're both the same thing. Like I just the, the same accent. thing. Yeah, both All the same the thing. Doesn't really matter. Accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their so impressions sound the same as them. We'll just get we'll just get Kylie Minogue in. We're fine. Her from neighbours, it's fine. Hmm. We've got a Hawaiian playing a Japanese man. We've got an American Cherokee American from the Cherokee Nation playing a Thai kickboxer. Um, though as we spoke about before, we've got Ming Nguyen, who's obviously from Hong Kong. Um, we've got a Japanese band playing a Japanese soldier, which is absolutely fine, lovely. And yeah, I think I know we've got obviously Balrogs, like just Balrog, I suppose, I suppose, mm-hmm. but um, doing his, doing his thing. Um, I think there's an interesting one because I, I, it makes a lot of choices. It's, I think it's probably the, the kind of buzzword for this film is just choices. Yeah, it's a it just lot likes of... to make a, a lot of um, interesting acting roles and acting sort of choices mm-hmm. as well as like character choices. But mostly, I think that some, as to the sort of charm of it, there's like, there, obviously, there is a guy you know who's very, very, very Belgian, playing a bit in a very, very Ura <laughs> American soldier, but, playing the big sort of Johnny American uh, type, yeah, 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 playing playing sort of the GI Joe type to use your words, yeah, like, but um, being extremely French and very <laughs> like, you know, not even like French, like you could knock off as French Canadian or maybe do like we did in Hard Target, where he's like you know Cajun, but. Maybe if that, they would add that on a little bit, maybe they'd be like, "All right, okay, yeah, I can, I can sort of, I can sort of accept, accept that." But no, he's meant to be super jo- sort of Johnny America, like just mm-hmm. the whole time. So it's sort of it's quite um, off-putting. But I love John Claude Van Damme. This movie is amazing. Let's kind of talk a lot about about Raul Julia now. Obviously, this is this is his last movie. He's filming it on on set. He was like he was slowly has terminal stomach cancer. Um, what, how do you think that he sort of embodies in Bison? Do you think he does a really great job? I mean, it's obviously it's a bit of a rhetorical question, I would assume, but how do you think he kind of he portrays Ian Bison in this movie? He does a phenomenal job because, again, I'm not going to lie, Bison in the game doesn't really, he's just evil, final mm. boss man. Yes. But then you get Roald Julia comes in and he is playing him like a fucking Shakespearean villain. Like, mm. there's, one, there's one bit I literally... Uh, like I, I've got my notes for the movies, and I literally stopped taking notes at one point, and just written, "Jesus, this monologue," <laughs> with a big smiley face beside it, and yeah, it was yes, the yeah. Bisonopolis scene. You know, yes. not Bisonopolis. Uh, yeah, Bisonopolis. That's what yeah, he's yeah. got the, uh, and he's just monologuing to the camera, and he is literally Shakespeare. Like he's mm. like he is trying so hard, and I don't. I, it's like no, I don't want to say nobody else's because everyone is going to try a bit, but of course, of course. like everyone, I, I, they kind of know what they're in, you know. And then he's mm. like, "Nope, this is an Oscar-winning performance. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. if this is, you know, we're filming in Thailand. I'm really sick. Uh, it's for a, a silly video game movie. I'm going all out. And dear God, he does. He's he's the MVP of this movie, and it's you know yes, everyone I'm... everyone echoes that. And everyone says the same thing, and it's because it's obvious. It's true. It's He's the best thing about this movie, but like even things like down to how he he looks, he looks like Bison. I know in the mm. in like like uh, I know in the movies, like in the games, Bison's massive. Yes, also obviously you couldn't get a big sort of Hulk Hogan looking guy who'd act the same, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. he's genuinely a class. His suit looks like is like just the whole presentation of him looks very good, and just he's got this air of authority about him mm-hmm. that works really well, you know, and. I don't know if you ever have you ever seen the the kind of sequel to this, Legend of Chun Li. Yes, I have indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then I, you unfortunately see, like, have yes. I was yeah. That's that's where I put a lot of stuff in this mm-hmm. movie because that movie is boring and dull and bad. Mm. This movie is not, you know. No, but, no, no, uh, no. Like 
I, I, who's the actor that plays Bison in that? Is it Neil McDonough? Is that Neil McDonough, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is a good actor. I like, I've seen him quite a stuff I like, but he's not, they just put him next to Rose Julie and it's not got the same weight and gravitas behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he but, plays a good bad guy in other things. He's, he's very good in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, if you watch that DC um, WB show. Uh, it's, it's good. He's quite good in the Resident Evil, recent Resident Evil movie. Oh, yeah, he was good in that, yeah. Um, probably the only good thing it's actually in that movie, I would say. Um, shout out to like bits and pieces that work in that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very nineties movie, and and not made in the nineties, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he, he exemplifies exemplifies Bison quite well in this movie. Um, he's not a, I'm not a man known, certainly not in the nineties, known for being such a kind of a big actor. But he was, you know, obviously in the Adam Family movies, he was in the Rookie, which is an amazing film with Clint Eastwood and. Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Tiger, like Mr. Tiger Bird himself, um, but yeah, I think that, I think that maybe, knowing what he was, what he knew, knew, he knew he was sick. He was like, right, well, if I'm going to do something, you know, I want to make it as big as I can and commit to it as much as I can. And I think the reading about a little bit about it was that his, his kids were big fans of Street, Street Fighter series mm-hmm. in terms of the the game. So when he came into, he was like, right, I'm, I want to kind of. Sort of pop my kids a little bit, and Daddy gets to be the gets to be the big bad of Street mm-hmm, Fighter, which yeah. is quite cool. Quite a cool thing is even that's quite a cool thing to sort of have a legacy to leave because I I don't think there's there's any part of his his speech which he probably could not quote. He's the whole time he's he's kind of throwing it one liners, and I think he just embodies such a kind of amazing sort of nineties bad guy. Oh yeah, he's, um, but that is so good. He's so over top. He's so like, like whenever he's on the screen, your attention's on him. He's very, mm. I, I don't want to say, tr- uh, it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, if you say true in the scenery, it's like that, yes, but it's yes. up to It's that. kind of that. It's quite a commanding performance. Yeah, he's very over the top. He's very, but again, mm. it's, it's all Street Fighters that you can yes. want that, you know? <laughs> you have this colourful G.I. Joe world, and now suddenly you've got this big theatrical bad guy who is, like, on another level, you know? Yeah, so he's, he's, he's sort of like doing, he's sort of, he's doing sort of Skeletor. Yeah, he's like, like you know that's so that that we must university if you've seen that movie that with Flank Langella again a very kind of sort of classically trained actor is coming to play Skeletor. So they 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 have that sort of that same sort of ethos of like, right, well I'm in this movie which is inherently kind of daft and silly, but I will I will give that my hundred percent to this role and mm-hmm. make it yeah. sort of like and sort of be maybe in sort of a sort of a selfish way be the focal point of this movie the thing that people talk about the 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 role or the the um the acting that people will can remember this movie you know i always can remember Dolph Lundgren in his pants but everyone remember who good Skeletor was mm-hmm, and even yeah. as a kid i remember those kind of like that was the same i would sort of compare them you know in terms of now and now knowing what i know about those films i would say that they're both on par of being like amazingly kind of classically trained actors are known for sort of very dramatic roles so come into this movie these movies and being like, right, I'm I'm going to be this ridiculous bad guy, but I'm going to turn uh, turn the volume up fuck, one fucking thousand, mm-hmm. and just be I'm just bring everything I know about acting, and just sort of give this sort of performance, you know. That I'm just going to like play to the gods essentially, which is I think is I think is awesome. Um, I get we talked about obviously some of his quotable lines. So would you say the is 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 Bisonopolis speech is the best, or you know, we could talk about marine ones. We could talk about, you know, the. It was just a Tuesday. Yeah, that's the one I was gonna bring um, up. Which is it? Which is an amazing line. Um, yeah, Chun Li pours her heart, saying like, "Yeah, you killed my father. You have done this. You have done this." So I'm basically her whole thing is I'm come for revenge, which, uh, which yeah, it's sort of like a powerful motivation. And then mm. Bison just shits on it, goes like, "Yep, by the way, I came to your village. Didn't didn't matter to me." And when he says yeah, that yeah. line, he says. When Bison came to your village, it was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just a Tuesday. I'm like, oh. And again, just the way he carries it, he's literally just... I, also, the fact he's in his, like, he's in his robe, and he's like, oh, my dog's barking in the back, you may be able to hear that, but uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he's, uh, like, in his, just in a robe, just relaxing, Yeah. and he's still got his wee hat on, he's got a wee drink, and he's <laughs> he's not bothered by Charlie's presence at all, he's not threatened, he's just completely, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, he's, he, and, it's, and it, I think he speaks as well to the writing of this, this 
in such a silly movie, there's such amazing writing in it as well, like such fun and interesting, you know, quotes as well. Um, so do you think, so if we look at the film in a whole, do you think he's a standout of this movie or is there other actors you maybe think that give, are given a great performance or a, a memorable performance? Who I go to is, is Zangief. Um, I think oh. he's like completely comedy gold this whole way through this movie. Oh, yeah. Just just instantly, again, and our quotable guy for this movie, you know, the the end is like, oh, you get paid, which I think is yeah. one of the funniest lines with him and DJ. Um, there's, that, there's that line where it's like uh, they see the big flaming truck coming towards them, but they yeah. see it on the, the CCTV, and Zangief turns and says, quick, change the channel. Oh, gets me yeah, every single that's, time. That's, that's so, it's so, so funny. Right, so, Mikey, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go into one of our favourite segments. It's called The Big Five. So, Big Five is where we talk about the five big action stars of, of the era, of the year, and we'll talk about where they are in terms of their movies and what have come out. So, as we do, we start with Arnold. Arnold brought out Junior. Obviously, a little bit of a departure for his normal action movies. Um, nonetheless, an interesting movie. Maybe not the greatest of movies, but certainly a fun one. Um, I always remember seeing that on... I had it on, like... A trailer for it on one of my I can't remember what video I think it was Mask of the Phantasm I think it was yeah. I think I had a trailer for that on it and it was that scene with the fuck it, the baby Arnold yeah is, bur- uh, I've never seen Junior but it's burned <laughs> in my retina is that image of baby Arnold because like wasn't scared by much as a kid but dear God that that freaked me out it's an inter- it's an interesting movie I mean if you like if you like, if you like Die of the View I would certainly watch it we've got Stallone and the Specialist we've got Jean-Claude Van Damme brought out this film of course Pete Street Fire we're talking about today and also brought out Time Cup, another one of his classics. Oh. Um, we've got Jackie Chan, bringing out the legend of a drunken master. Again, I got a great addition to one of his, his careers. And Seagal brought the, again, we talked about this in the Speed episode, the very environmentally friendly on Deadly Ground. So that was the big five. And what we're going to do is going to go into a little special question. Now, before the podcast, uh, we, we recorded, I asked you, a little bit about obviously both wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of my biggest gripes about this movie when I was younger, um, when I was a little kid, a little street fighting fan, uh, not a fan of of street fighting the street. I should mm-hmm. I should point out, uh, not going to embarrass people, just street fighter on the whole. Um, was it Vazangiev himself wasn't played by a wrestler? Um, I think it's a bit of a kind of a missed opportunity, especially in the nineties when you've got sort of the big sort of the muscle bound guys. We, Spoke about earlier today. Um, so, with that in mind, Mikey, what I'd like to put, put to you is if you had the choice to have any wrestlers in this movie, now I'm get to get to cho- get to choose any role. You can have Ken, Ryu, Zangief, and Bison. Give us your three or four wrestlers you like to have in Street Fighter. Now, obviously, we're talking about nineties wrestlers, so narrowing down a little bit. But who did you pick? So there's a couple that I've had to cut off due to like when they debuted and stuff like that. Mm, mm-hmm. And also I may have misunderstood the thing because I put in like <laughs> I put in like characters from the extended Street Fighter universe who would have been Yeah, absolutely. Cool thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. So my f- first one is uh technically she hadn't debuted for another six months. She debuted in Street Fighter Alpha and she was like Ryu's young sort of fangirl who what who basically her whole thing is she wants to be just like Ryu, the strongest man in the world. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, it's a character called Sakura, and I had the one of the biggest baby faces in Japan, Cutie Suzuki, playing her because mm-hmm. okay, Cutie cool. Suzuki has done some acting. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if you're doing a cartoon thing, having maybe a younger character being the sort of like in there as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, cool. But That's good. Then, uh, so I've looked a wee bit further for this. This is mm-hmm. uh, these characters come from Final Fight, which is. A Street Fighter adjacent game. It came out the same year, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was a beat 'em up in the arcade. It was actually going to be a Street Fighter Two at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Street Fighter Two has a really weird history of like changing stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and then the characters from Final Fight have appeared in Street Fighter games, and it's the same sort mm-hmm. of can. So mm-hmm. we went with Mayor Mike Hager, mm-hmm. who, if you don't know Mike Hager, he's just a big guy. Well, big mustache, that's his main sort of selling point. Big mustache, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. he's a former wrestler turned mayor whose mm-hmm. daughter gets kidnapped by the Mad Beer Gang. And I thought we could I, I can see where you're going. I can see where you're going. Okay, okay. And my first thought was Don Fry. Don okay, Fry, didn't... Uh, that, you've got you've got a little different than I thought. Yeah, I thought you were going to pick uh, well, Don Fry. Didn't debut the body. 
1995. But my main thing was giant big mustache. Mm-hmm. It needs to be kind of big and imposing to be Mike, uh, uh, Mike Hager. And I've went mm-hmm. Rick Rude because he would have been a in, choice. Yeah, it's a great would, choice. Yeah, he would have been in yeah. WCW at this point, just mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. at the tail end of his career. Yeah, yeah, I, a little bit. I don't know when his back injury happened, so I think it was just before that, maybe. I think he's a little uh, bit. You're kind of you're coming into sort of like sort of the mid nineties. He's in WCW, but you're coming to his little sort of little end of thing with Degeneration X yeah, later on in because my thing is, I was really sort of, I was, Don Fry was a big one. And I was like, oh, no, man, I can't use Don Fry. And then I was thinking, mm. like, short hair, Rick Rude, a field cup photo of Mike mm. Hager. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I put uh, Valento, who is a goon in Final Fight, who actually is also in Street Fighter Alpha games. Mm. He's, he's literally like a G.I. Joe goon, a bad guy, you know? Mm. And just because I love him and I want him in more movies, He's already been in quite a few movies. I went with Terry Funk because main thing is Rolento's American. He carries <laughs> a big stick, like and he's like, and he's in the like, army sort of get up. He's got yeah, a new berry, uh-huh. and I was like, you could, ha- you don't even have to have him in a featured role. You can just have him as like one of Bison's goons. Go like, oh, there you go, and then John Claude gives him a big sort of spinning kick or something, like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Because Terry I want Terry Funk's Funk. a good, Terry Funk's a good choice. He's he was doing a few films in the eighties and nineties. You know, he's he's played a few henchmen, so it was in, yeah, sounds perfect to me. Absolutely, I'm I'm all on board with Terry Funk. Yep. And my main one was. Uh, so if you've got Zangief, I know uh, you can't want a wrestler as well. And so I went mm. with there's a character called Alexander the Greater from Saturday Night Slam Masters, which is a mm-hmm. spin-off of Final Fight, set mm-hmm. in when uh, set when Hagar was a wrestler. So this guy, I, I thought he'd be good as if Vader would be good as him. Only I re- only to read up that Alexander the Greater is based off Vader. <laughs> I should have known because he's got the same, you know, the hair that's like the yeah, yeah, Mohawks, yeah, yeah. and he's yeah, literally yeah, got yeah. the big metal helmet. I was like, oh, it's just Vader. That's why he works so well as Vader. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, just have Vader versus Zangief. That's, there we go. I've yeah, like that. Yeah, those are excellent picks. I, I don't think I could really pick anyone's better, better than those. I think that if we're, if we're, but certainly if we're making a Street Fighter film now, then the obvious choice for Zangief would be Miro. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, just oh, and I think, I think he would, he would do that with bells on. Mm-hmm. I think you probably do it without even being paid, I think. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to now take a little trip. We've been in the Street Fighter Zone. Now we're going to go to the Trivia Zone. Trivia. Here we go. So as we've, uh, we've talked about earlier on in the podcast, this is not the only Street Fighter conversion or adaption uh, to come out this year. Obviously, we had the manga version, which we talked about. Lots of butts, lots of boobs. Great stuff. Um, super hyper-violent. A, lot more, lot, a bit more of our faithful adaption, would you say, than this movie? Um, yeah, closer, yeah. Yeah, I was. Closer, if, you if you haven't, if, if you're listening to the podcast, you may be seeing the John Cleve Van Damme Street Fighter. You're not seeing that one. Well worth a watch. It's really, really, really fun and really kind of um, a bit more of a, a real adaptation of Street Fighter as like, it can be, I suppose. Also, the year before, we had a very different adaptation of Street Fighter. Uh, we had Jackie Chan. He did a little Street Fighter deep tribute. His 1993 film City Hunter. Uh, which itself is actually based off a manga and then again an anime as well. And um, we get to see Jackie Chan in Chan Lee outfit. So, mm. big and eternal question who did a better Chan Lee, Ming Na Wen, or Jackie Chan? Um, who's got the, I don't know, who's got the better legs? I'd actually say um, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a close one, but yeah, Jackie. Yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like those, those buns in his hair, adorable. Uh, Apparently, a little bit of a little scuttlebutt we've heard about John Claude Van Damme. It was not the easiest to work with on set. Um, and obviously, GCD himself is known quite for a bit of being quite into himself a little bit, uh, sniffing mm. his own farts, as we would say. Uh, <laughs> he's quite, this, um, this also may be in fault, he's quite publicized drug use at this time. Um, yeah, ten, 10 grand or, a, a week on cocaine. 10 grand a week on cocaine. Or, or as, as WWE would say, his demons, um, very expensive demons, I would say, at that point. Um, so maybe go a little bit explain as to why he was maybe not the easiest to work with, and this maybe explain a little bit why he's not a lot. Of lo- Actually, in this movie, he's not really in, in that lot mm-hmm. as as somebody who's headline act, I suppose. Um, he's in it a little bit, but he's it's not as prominent as maybe Chan Lee is. I think Chan Lee seems yeah. to have a bit more screen time. Bison certainly of lot more screen time but i think that was a lot to do a little bit with actually getting them to be on set and 
do his lines and actually act like a, a respectable human being, an actor. Yeah, supposedly Game, he was like no show and stuff like that as well. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just I, show up. He I was feel it works because <laughs> right, I, feel, I feel that Chan Lee and like I know the animated movie does this. Like, you want to make a movie with Street Fighter Ryu and Ken? They're we like if you're gonna go like I know they're con men in this, but mm. they're in the original. They're just sort of kung fu guys who want to be the best in the world. Mm. But then you get Chun, like a character like Chun Li who's got a very personal goal in mm. Street Fighter, you know, revenge. Mm-hmm. Beat the fight, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very easy sort of story to tell. I feel she's a much better main character than say than even you know, like Johnny America Gale. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's more of an interesting arc to the film. I think that they kind of just sort of to go to a bit of a tangent here, but that though the though the, he's on that that poster as the sort of the prominent face of you know Jungle Jungle Vampire damn here. It does feel more like a Channel E movie than it does a, a Gail movie. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels like a bit. And obviously, we we go on to have the sequel, and it's very much a Channel E movie, oh. um, which is probably a reason why. It is, I think it's a bit more of a a compelling story. Certainly, from the way this this film has been made, they sort of pushed Ming Na Wen into sort of the limelight, which I think that mm-hmm. she kind of does with a plum. I think she's raised up to the role quite well, and I think a lot of the tertiary characters around them seem to be a bit more. Grounded in John Claude Van Damme is in this movie, but it's John Claude Van Damme being John Claude Van Damme, yeah. so you can't really kind of fault him for that, really. Kylie Minogue, though, absolutely professional, a fucking sweetheart compared to John Claude Van Damme, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, keep professional all the time, turned up early, did our lines, she had clubs for all the people to relax in, she bought them drinks. Um, so apparently, she was absolutely amazing. So, but Kylie Minogue also a strange get for this movie, but kind of works in a weird way, sort of like. An interesting sort of uh, at cast at this time, you know, she was quite quite big. Maybe not mm-hmm. to hit her prime as she would, you know, like later on in the sort of late nineties to early two thousands, as you know, she got really huge. But certainly, you know, come off the back of Neighbours at this time, it's interesting. Um, what we kind of hinted to a little bit in this in this earlier on in the podcast is that in this movie, there's obviously we talked about obviously Royal Julia kind of based on this character and. Sort of quite Shakespearean, obviously a lot of Hitler kind of mm-hmm, yeah. um, pastiche, I suppose, in a little bit way. And I tweeted about this when I'm up on my rewatch that in this channel you've seen where he has this amazing oh, dialogue. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I think this is what we're going we're gonna to re- kind of reference here is that only for like a, a couple of seconds, and obviously channel Lee sort of looks at it and kind of like screws her eyes up on it as a picture where. Ostensibly, M. Bison has painted himself as the clown John Wayne Gacy, the same sort of prison paintings he did, he's very well known for. I just thought it was a strange thing yeah, to like, put in sort of like a film that's sort of like, it's sort of, um, it's very winky to, the, winky to the adults. But there's that, like, there's like, there's like funny, funny things in Disney movies where you go, oh, the mum and the dad's going to get this one. And then there's like putting serial killer paintings in a street fighter movie which also, i think is like, very strange it's so weird like also with the context of it so did john wayne gacy gift him the painting yes did, exactly did he draw the painting himself like that or did they commission it like that yeah it's it's, it's like that's one that was uh ask, an, it asks more asks more questions than answers really yeah and then it's not it's, it's only a quick thing it's so it's not really focused on there's no like what the fuck is that? It's no like, where did you get that? Who painted it? It's more yeah, just it's like just look a thrown away thing. Like it's just Another a sort of a tertiary kind of set set dressing to sort of add to. But I think it's I think it's interesting. So I, w- I would love to know because they don't really talk about it in any kind of things I've, I've been written. I've read yeah, about it. There's nothing like written about. There's nothing mentioned about it. I'm like it's such a weird thing. Like the, <laughs> the production design. This movie is. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Mm. It's genuinely fucking amazing. Like uh, it's, some yes, of the sets absolutely, look yes. really nice. Some of the it looks like I think they ran out of budget. I think I, I read that somewhere or <laughs> heard it somewhere that uh, I think it was the director had to actually subsidize his pay just so he could pay people. Mm. But yes, they went all out with the production. Like they went insanely all out with some of it. Yeah, because they, they went full ball, full bore with it basically. Going back to like when you said like dark things, like, I meant one I picked up on was. Uh, Remember early on when you first see uh, like, again, with the characters is Charlie, who's Charlie Nash, who gets kidnapped by. Oh, Bison. he becomes 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 blank. Yeah, that's a strange one, but uh, 
when you see him getting experimented on, but Ison goes, oh, let me see him. Let me see this. And he gives a wee monologue about him being a super soldier. And in the mm. background, you see TV monitors and it's like, what are you showing them? It is real footage of like war zones and people getting shot, executions, mm. like news footage. So it's like stock footage you can, you know. But I was like, this, like, I remember, like, my DVD copy has a 12, but I remember, like, mm. getting this when it was a PG. I don't know if it's been reclassified or anything mm. that, or. Possibly, yeah. I think possibly, yeah. But, Jesus, like, literally a movie I seen <laughs> when I was 12, and there's, like, actual footage of people being shot in it. And I was like, yeah, it's just like, it's like, it's not, it's, not, it's not falsified, it's not falsified. Um, things they made for the movie to make it look as if it was it was basically yeah, news footage also, they've, they've taken from like somewhere, you know, some war zone, wherever it would, be, would have been at that time, Gulf War maybe, or yeah, and um, it's just maybe there, Bosnia like, or something like that, something very strange did, about that. Like, does your Street Fighter movie really need like, real war? Like, I don't even think Clockwork Orange showed you shit like that when they was getting the... No, 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 no. Ludovico, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I've not seen that movie in a good amount of years <laughs> since I was since I studied media in uh, college. Mm. I've not seen it. You know, it was about thirteen years ago. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I like literally. I don't think they showed you stuff as extreme as that in fucking no. orange. Let alone you know. So this video game movie for Wayne's. Here you go. Here's and then oh. in, the, on the inverse of that as well. That when Dalsum reprograms them to like to be good, it's almost like I would. I thought I can almost imagine if this was coming out now. They would talk about how they have trying to make Blanca woke. Basically, that's showing them kind of Martin Luther King speeches oh, and I forgot about that, yeah. Like the sort of like people holding hands and the sort of like it's the sort of reprogramming being by you know showing a there's a lot of like, you know civil rights, you know, marches and stuff like that. I think it's really it's really interesting, you know, that's that when the, all the all the that, would be raging and like Oh yeah, 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 they would be like all the all the kind of geeks and gamers and the quarterings of the world would be But then again, they get uh, angry at everyone. Yeah, yeah, the, the critical drinker would be very a- angry at this. They got this angry at movie, but... movie having a female character, so... so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they would be very, very against this movie. But it's, I think it's a, a great point you touched on. It's a strange... There's a lot of choices in this movie. Again, we talked about this before. There's, like, very, very succinct choices of, like, we'll do this. And you're like, what? We'll just, we'll just do this. Just trust me, we'll have a John Wayne Gacy blue. Painting in the mm. background, like what? No, okay, right. So we'll just do this and put it in, in, in the table. It's very interesting, but so to kind of wrap up our, our trivia zone, what we're going to do is we'll talk about the last point of results. We have Benny the Jet, Benny Jet Arcades. He was obviously a Jackie Chan alumni. He was in Dragons Forever. He was in Wheels on Meals. <clears throat> He's a very accomplished kickboxer, champion kickboxer. Um, he did all the physical training for this for the for the cast for this movie. He's in the prison scene very, very kind of quickly. You get to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a sort of line. He's on, he's on the, the very prominent and uh, quite, quite, quite a bit of so the, the, the prison breakout scene. But uh, that kind of popped me because I, I was a big Jackie Chan fan. Seeing yeah. one of the main bad guys from most Jackie Chan movies, and that was quite an awesome thing. And to, to hear him kind of training people up, I think he had a lot of problems because I think him being a kickboxer, he knows a lot of styles, but he doesn't know everything. So yeah, you know, it was it wasn't a big you know. Like wrestling fan or anything like that, so he kind of didn't really. Yeah, Street Fighter's whole gimmick is it's got everyone of like, yeah, this guy does this style, Mix, this yeah, yeah. This so style, it's very interesting, does, you know? yeah. So he's kind of coming in to do like I'm just going to do my sort of the stuff I've been working with Jackie Chan with and the kind of stuff that I know, the kickboxing stuff, but probably gone quite well with um, G- GCVD, but probably not as much for Kelly Minogue, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> or uh, so it's quite funny. So. We're just gonna kind of wrap up the podcast now. So, can you tell me what? Was, so, what were your final thoughts of of Street Fire? What would you see about this movie? Kind of to kind of close a little bit. So, uh, overall, like I said, it's anything but boring. It's mm. it throws a thousand things at the wall and maybe four stick, but those four things are really impressive. You know, <laughs> things like yes. the production values, the uh, overall. It's just really. It's, I like the. I like the cheese factor. I like the, like, see that ending scene where they all do the pose from the video game. Yes. <laughs> like, I, that straight away, I was like, fucking yes, let's go, boys, you know. That's, yeah. it's got that sort of feeling, but it's got, a, like, I think that I really like, I really like that it tries a lot. It tries mm. so much. And it, I, it does, it does. It feels like, and I know the shoot was awful. I've, I've read a couple of things saying how <laughs> awful the shoot was. Everyone got sick, everyone, you know, and then they ran out of money. They had to shoot other places. Had to shoot, uh, but it, 
feels fun. You feel like everyone's like, mm. apart from Jean Claude, like I, that's the only one I was like, like yeah. you can tell you're going through some stuff at a time, you know, because you're maybe mm, of not. Course, of course, of course, and that's yeah. it's, it's not it's not great for anybody to go through that that kind of stuff is certainly, but you know, I think that he was a massive star at the time, and I think mm, that. Yeah. You know, he's it was only just on the rise, and he, the, arguably the nineties is like his era. You yeah, know, when he's sort of coming into this, you know, falling off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, sort of. He, was... he had sort of him and Seagal sort of coming into the nineties and being a bit more. They sort of taken over a little bit, and then obviously he had Keanu come in, um, so a little bit of a different, you know, that mm-hmm. less sort of like muscly, sort of technically gifted guy in terms of like, yeah. you know, martial arts, but certainly a guy's kind of come in to be the sort of the new face of action. So. Mm. It's inter- he is obviously a, a star in the rise and he goes, goes on to make some great movies. You know, we've talked about Time Cop. This, you know, we've got mm-hmm. Knock Off, we talk about In Hell, we talk about Double Team. These films are just amazing. Though. So he's still in a star in the rise. So you can understand maybe got his little bit of an ego and a little bit of yeah. the money got to him a little bit and went about like crazy, as I think a lot of a lot of guys do. You know, mm-hmm. I can look at Seagal, look at fucking Arnie, look at Stallone. Right. They all went about. A bit yeah, um, yeah. strange, strange at one point, but I think it. I think that he's not the girl that we wanted, but this, the girl we deserve. I think. <laughs> I think we got what we we sort of needed, and I don't think that we can look back at that. That I can look back at fondly at the film now. You know, look back at when the nineties. Maybe I didn't get what I wanted. Being a big fan of Street Fighter and playing the Super Nintendo, you know, listening to Meatloaf. As I was biting men bison, <laughs> uh, maybe that was just my experience of it. But yeah, it's an interesting movie, and I hope that people still go and check it out. It's an amazing re a Blu-ray or 4K restoration of it on 88 films, which is what I watched. It. It's got some great behind-the-scenes stuff and great inf- mm-hmm. interviews. Um, is that not like a limited run? I think one of my friends has got a copy of that. It's, and it's like one. Is it one of his prized possessions? He's got like. I and don't think it's like the one I've not is limited. I mean, it's not limited. It's a kind of just a normal version of it. But like, they are. It's really worth it. I think that you can check it out, and there's a lot of interesting stuff you want to know a lot about the backstory of this movie. And check it out again. Check out the the nineteen ninety four animated film. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I'll probably go and watch that tonight. I think. So, for that said, would you recommend this film to uh, people in the audience? Oh yeah, it is a wild mental time. And honestly, you've probably seen it. In me- you've probably seen quite a lot of bison stuff in memes, but yes. the overall tone—it's fun, it's mental, and it's—it flies by. It's only hour forty, and it flies, and it's mm. something else, you know. It's wild, Very like most- <laughs> and bison. If if nothing else happens, happens for you, bison's performance will, mm. you know, absolutely, absolutely. So and it's not make it. It's not boring. It's no stupid religion, John Lee. <laughs> that's true that's that's definitely true so all that's left for me to ask you is i'm going to give you the now chance to plug away your various projects and various uh interests so can i go ahead go for, tell creeps where they can find you so i uh you can find me over on twitch at uh, twitch.tv forward slash manlin i am the owner and proprietor of the manlin home video store which is the uh weirdest video store you've ever seen which just plays old games on Twitch, really. Uh, I happen to look a lot like uh, a certain wrestler called Manlin, who uh, may share the name. Uh, you can find him over on Twitter at oh, oh, look, it's Manlin. Uh, he'll be wrestling next week in, uh, on the, August the 5th at Grassroots in Lennox Town, Town Memorial Hall. Excuse me. Bye. But from that, like I said, Twitch, uh, uh, forward slash Manlin, Twitter, forward slash oh, look, it's Manlin, and see me about in places you know <laughs> absolutely well thanks thanks Mikey for coming on and talking about Street Fair with me and thank you so much for having we me we can see you again soon hopefully yeah thanks for coming thank you so that was my chat with Manlin about the very over the top Street Fighter movie adaption a very very fun movie if without his flaws, I suppose. Thanks again to Manlin for coming on to chat. Hopefully we'll speak to him again soon in the future. Maybe by another video game adaption, perhaps. Next time, we'll be delving into the street to the VHS market as I chat to Robert Trott from Colin Brain vs. The World about the Cynthia Rothrock brawler 
undefeatable. As usual, you can find the podcast on, on Instagram and Twitter at Your MC Podcast. You can email the show on Your Move Creep Podcast at gmail.com. We're also now on Twitch at Your Move Larry at www.twitch.tv forward slash Your Move Larry. Always remember to like, subscribe, drop us a little review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you on the next one, creeps. Bye-bye.